Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's The Leftovers After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's The Leftovers After Show. Come with me now. Come with me now. What is up? Welcome to AfterBuzz TV's wrap up for The Leftovers, Season 1, Episode 2, Penguin 1, A Zero. I am Elena Jordan and I am here with my lovely co host. Hey guys, I'm Kelly McInerney. Hey, I'm Stefan. And Zach isn't here, but he'll be back. Yeah, I miss Zach, man. I missed him last week. Now, now I'm here. He ain't Hopefully here. Hopefully next week we'll all be yeah, we a full here. team. United front. <laughs> so this episode, keeping the crazy going from Man. the pilot, this this show is insane. Yeah. So Penguin 1 Us 0 yeah. is the name of it. Yeah. We get the, the one reference to the penguin. Which uh, is a trip. It, it was like a, a quick snippet. I love that, though. I love yeah. how they have just these little tiny references instead of going into a big overarching thing. So you really have to think about right, it. Right, right, right. What do you guys think that represented? The the penguin, the name of it. I kind of feel like it's just the overarching, the frustration. Yeah, almost sure. That everybody. Mm-hmm. Especially like with Meg, you could tell she was super frustrated. And uh, Kevin, just everybody. thinking he's crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, no, yeah, everybody's getting frustrated. Yeah. I thought it was more to uh, to Kevin's crazy because you know it's it's seated inside of the uh, the shrinks office, so it's like, w- am I really bugging out or is this happening? And that's how they wrote it. We still don't know. We yeah. still don't know. You know he what I'm saying? Be nuts. I know. Yeah, I mean, his dad's nuts. It's all in the family. It's hereditary. <laughs> I don't know. Passed down. Is yeah. he crazy? Or well, we kick it off with kind of a crazy scene to begin with holy wayne mm-hmm. oh my goodness wayne gilchrist we find out officially does have superpowers oh, did we find out by, well we believe we know that they believe yeah at least his we won't say cult since they keep saying it's not a cult right, for right. everything yeah. um but his little community that he has running 
Uh, and senators and everything think it's senators hugging the uh, pain out of people, hugging and apparently the pain. hugging the pain out of some little girls. He's got eight but, counts of statutory before the uh, yeah, like those little incident. Asian girls. Yeah, Wayne, so. Wayne is a pimp. I'm, I think I've, I've been looking at it. You know, I'm trying to figure him out. Last episode when he when he spoke to uh, to Tom, he came in. He spoke to. Him, he woke him up. Tom's like shirtless. You know, you in the bed. You sleeping. It's a very vulnerable time and enters, you know, Wayne and he's all face to face conversation. He touching his face and stuff. And when I initially saw that, I was like, Wayne is a little gay. Hey, you were kind of on the money there. Yeah. Now this episode, here he goes with the kissing the dead man on the mouth. Yeah. Well, Wayne, I think think Wayne just loves everybody Mm -hmm. regardless of age, of gender, of normal. Like, hey, this is a child who is lost. This is a dead man. That dead man didn't want to kiss you when he's alive. He probably doesn't want you kissing right. him right now. Yeah. And I why think- do you know that he didn't want to kiss you when he's alive? Why do you know that? Yeah. Well, uh- I think he thinks of himself kind of like godlike. You know that everybody loves me or should love me because of my power, and I feel like that's why he loves everybody. Yeah. He's got a very he hippie hippie vibe. It's very yeah. earthy, like touchy feely. You know, just just take it all in. Come on in. I don't like when people say stuff like he, that. He's an interesting man. That he's, weirds me out. He's a he's supposed to make you feel a little bit unsettled and yeah. I mean brilliant acting because every time he's on screen I'm Ugh. like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always got a shirt now he's, he's shirtless now for this entire episode. But you can yeah. see how these lost people would be drawn to him and Absolutely. think, you know, we have no idea what happens. This man clearly he has the answers. He's I mean, he's got swag. He's just They're he's all searching. Yeah. Which which makes these groups so interesting because uh you know, nobody really understands what happened and now you're just searching for something, anything. You're grasping for straws and enter Wayne, it's all in the eyes. He's got you know, he's got that pimp vampire-esque you know yes. he's got the glare going glamorin yeah, yeah. he's glamorin folks he's a vampire vampire yeah. it's yeah. typical like follow the leader too like i don't want to think about anything i'm just gonna follow Do you whatever you're doing yeah. That, yeah yeah that's a theme that runs the whole thing people don't know how to react so yeah. the people who wanted power are kind of rising to that position and bringing in kind sure. of the the lost souls that backfires on them when the FBI tracks him down mm-hmm. for uh, hugging the pain out of senators, officially makes him a national threat. Yeah, that even was, though that they're was just wild. looking for him anyway. Yeah, they just yeah. want they just wanted a way to bring him in and didn't even bring him in. They just went and they shoot kill him. him. Yeah. They came to kill him. No questions yeah. asked, dude. Whenever which, you show up and start shooting white people, you know that you want to kill Wayne. They just were shooting everybody. So they were shooting mm-hmm. anyone and everyone. Yeah, it's a good time. Leads to the, the, I guess, the first breakdown, the first full-fledged breakdown that we see for this episode. Tom, who's now been put in this situation where he yeah. has to protect Christine to the point that he kills for her, kills an FBI agent that's sure. threatening her mm-hmm. life. Which is, you know, all of these parallels. We're seeing three generations of uh, now we've we've met Tom's grandfather. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, he speaks to people. He's got a couple extra friends which we'll probably get into later, his pops, he's starting to have like this, you know, dual personality. And um, here's Tom seeking for something. And But we saw him kind of have a breakdown in the pool. 
You know, he jumped in the pool. He screamed underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's well, like he was at that. He was at the tipping point. Wayne and then even a full says, break. "You're the one person I can't figure out. You're all suffering and no salvation." Yeah, because yeah, he offers him a hug. He offers to take him away hug. the pain, the guilt, and all the the negativity. Yeah. Saying, "This is going to eat you alive. Let me take this pain." You can't turn down a hug from Wayne. Yeah, but Tom does, which begs the question if he isn't getting anything from this he hasn't even personally you know it seems like he's keeping all the pain himself sure then why is he following this man what is what is the yeah yeah. what why is it just because of christine is there something else because he obviously has a thing for christine sure maybe he wants to believe wayne that it'll work maybe he's not still not sure that it works the hugging and he doesn't want to lose that. Maybe it works. Maybe it works because he feels like if he hugs him, the pain won't go away. He doesn't want to be proven wrong. Yeah. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I didn't mm. think about that. So he likes the mystique of, you know, maybe it, it does. And yeah. he just leaves it there. So yeah. while everybody else is looking for answers, he's just looking for anything to believe in and something to not be discredited. Yeah. Man, but why'd he go astray? That's so crazy. This whole family I hate is using crazy. The term crazy. Next but, to, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they a little bit, <laughs> yeah. They're a little to the but side, a little to the left, a little less crazy. His sister Jill, yeah. mm-hmm. still, still some some issues there. Not nearly as intense as we saw in the pilot. She's more teenage oh, yeah. crazy though. Like it makes sense, kind of, to rebel a little bit. She's yeah. not as bad as him. She doesn't well kill anybody yet. Sure, sure, but she will elbow you in the nose. So. Yeah. Don't run up on her. You know, she's a tough chick. Yeah. And Amy isn't really helping any matters. No. Amy is that friend that gets you into all sorts of mischief. The twins even say she's a bad influence yeah. on you, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it took me to the second episode to realize they were twins. <laughs> I just kept looking at the one dude and I was like, in this episode, I'm going, oh, both of y'all are the same guy. See, I knew because they were the attractive twins on Teen Wolf. Really? Okay. See, I didn't watch Teen Wolf. Me neither. I, I will readily admit that I watched Teen Wolf <laughs> yeah. and that it was substantially for the attractive twins. So now I'm glad that they're on Leftovers. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, okay. I didn't know until uh, we were discussing it last after Buzz Show. I was like, oh, okay. They're twins. Yeah. yeah. See, I missed that. I'm all late. I'm all late on the information. Yeah, no, but... um, But yeah, then they're stalking Nora. Yeah. They hijack the twins' car. And go after Nora Durst. Yeah. Nora Durst has some some stuff going on, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a... Well, she's a heroine now. Because uh, just because her whole family disappeared, so automatically graduates to, you know, I don't know, hero status. And she kind of uses that power. I don't really know what she does exactly. Yeah. You know, she was doing that whole series of questions with with the old folks. And she's like, if you want your benefits. It looks like she gives, uh, I guess, if people lose somebody, they get money for it. But they have to fill out this long 150 question questionnaire. On camera. I assume that it's the government looking for some sort of connection between these people. Saying, Mm -hmm. hey, if you can give us some background information, if we can somehow put this into a computer, find some sort of statistical anything that would give us some sort of connection. But, you know, we see in that scene heartbreakingly you know oh, there man. is there obviously is no connection no. right there's a baby there's a, a man a 34 year old man with down syndrome there's yeah. a mother there's a dad there's just anybody and everybody with no rhyme or reason yeah 
and just desperately everyone looking for answers. Sure, sure, and joining anything they can. Mm-hmm. But she's hot, like you, she you could t- she tries to keep it together, but she's definitely hiding something. Nora, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason she carries a gun. Like, is are is she really that much of a threat to people that because she was the only one that she feels like she has to carry a gun? And then how she intentionally pushes the you could tell that was an intentional move. I think she just knows that she could work the system, kind of, because of her family disappearing, you know, because she's a heroine now. Yeah, I feel like she's got a, a certain level of power now, and yeah. she she's abusing it a little bit, but and I think almost, it's going to increase. It almost makes it sadder, though, because you think, it is it just because that's all she has left? Is this power? Like, But then you almost wonder... Because they start bringing up all these other things. She obviously lost everyone yeah. for real because her children's things are still in her car. Right, right, yeah. right. Just sad when Amy's eating the stolen jelly beans yeah. then realizes, oh, they're three years old. They were supposed to be for her kids. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. I mean, I, I feel like everybody on here is acting out in a certain way after their loss of some sort, whatever it was, you know. And um, this is her act out. This is her way that she's like kind of screaming out like i'm grieving i'm suffering and uh we're gonna see her do a lot more she has like a a shady eerie vibe about her like she's gonna be one of the uh enemies or or antithesis or whatever she's she's gonna be somebody to reckon with i think later yeah i feel like she's like a time bomb and we're just gonna see her explode well it's interesting seeing her and matt who has been so really kind of bad mouthing all of the people who were taken? Yeah, her mm-hmm. whole family was taken. So Amy and Jill obviously assume it's going to be some sort of they're about to see an altercation, and instead she just hugs them, hugs them. So you know there's some sort of backstory there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hoping they'll delve into. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we'll talk about it. Really quick though, father. Let's yeah, talk about speaking this. of jelly beans, how can I make sure that I don't eat yeah. any? Uh, <laughs> you need to read this book, Maria Menudos' uh, Every Girl Guide to Diet and Fitness. Yeah. It's out now. I think it's on the New York Times. It was on at number nine. I'm not sure now, but it's pretty awesome. Great for bikini season. Mm-hmm. You know, great for that pool party. Coming up. Yeah. Check Ooh. it out, guys. Um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Yeah. Go check it out. Cool. <laughs> so I think kind of the big thing of this episode that it keeps leading up to Kevin's mental state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you think? I mean, how do you think he's holding up? Holding up? <laughs> it's a loose term. I mean, um, the, the writing is really keeping us at bay with him. Mm-hmm. You know? There was a moment there because here's this bald guy who we don't know his name, mystery man, whatever. You know, him and Kevin are shooting dogs. They're doing all kinds of stuff together. You know, trucking's up in Kevin's yard mysteriously. Yeah, they're leading you one way like, oh, he is crazy. And then all of a sudden... It's like, well, maybe not. No, like the teen, like his daughter interacts with him. And so, wait, he's there. But but did she? So I'm looking at that moment. Mm -hmm. The two girls walk in past Mystery Man. They don't say anything. They're respectable girls. They would speak. Well, they grab the beer from him. 
So they grab a beer. But he clearly was there because she says, who was that? Mm-hmm. At the door. Okay, so here's how that plays in, I think. Oh. You know, she go. they go into the house. They put the beer up. Could have been the handoff from dad. Yeah. You know? Now, dad goes to the door. She's like, who was at the door? He's like, nobody. Why? What? You know, he's acting weird. I don't know. Or it's, it could, the, it's flipping. Yeah, it could have been a dream, too, because his dreams are super vivid. Yeah. He didn't yeah. go on so, fire, though. I have a question. Yeah, <laughs> what do you guys think that that opening sequence meant? Was dream, or the, the, not the opening sequence, but the, the dream sequence that he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the bald guy shooting a, it looked like a, a guilt, guilty remnant. Did you see, or was it a it dog? It looked like Lori. Yeah, didn't it? it? Like I thought it wife. was Lori. Uh-huh. Yeah. It did look like his wife. But he missed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird because he wouldn't and have she missed. Kept running. Yeah. Well, I don't think he. I even think his sub- subconscious doesn't want to kill his wife. He just wants her to come home and be back to normal. You know. Yeah. I don't like, think he's like a malicious person, Kevin. Sure, sure. Even his subconscious, but, but then he even when Amy comes into the bedroom and is being all weird because you don't know it's a dream sequence right, yet. Right, yeah. right. It's like, all right, like, we've yeah. already seen this girl do some things. Hey, this hey, could be a legitimate situation. Yeah. Um. But then she comes in and she says, he wants you to see. It's so wild. And what then I was like, mean? not knowing it's a dream, I'm like, oh, shoot, that's Amy's dad. <laughs> I was like, Mystery guys, Amy's dad. Wait, no, wait, it's a dream. I This show keeps me guessing. Yes. And I have these many epiphanies and then immediately oh. they're discredited. Yeah. <laughs> My like, goodness. I just figured it all out. I figured out nothing. That mm-hmm. is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You get, they lead you down this path. It's a maze. It's a maze of so writing. Good. They're doing a brilliant yeah. job. I want to know more about the mystery man, and I want to know, and I love when Lucy points out, too, and she's like, you can't be shooting dogs. People like dogs. Right. Yeah. You know people like dogs, right? Yeah. And then he says that line that the mystery man said to him. They're not they're our not dogs. They're not our dogs. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. But are they, don't, don't, don't. do they, does everybody else notice that the dogs are acting crazy? No. Yeah, so... But a lot of people don't seem to care. We saw in the opening, the, the woman, the, she, when he shows up and yeah. thinks he's delivering this really sad news in the pilot to the woman who lost her dog, and she's like, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been gone for... That's not my dog. I don't care about that. Yeah, it's pretty so, ill. That I guess when you lose your, uh, your husband, husband dog his is like, dog... Doesn't compare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, can, I get that. He also had that, uh, that deer that was following him last episode mm-hmm. and we didn't so, see the deer this time right there's a weird thing with the animals though like he he killed the deer right he, he hit the deer and he was like on top of it in the last episode and uh then in the end the, i mean the, the deer gets eaten by the dogs i don't know dogs deer kevin and then the bald guy dogs, <laughs> you know that's all we can say this show has just left us screaming nouns at yeah, this point right? yeah. dogs deer kevin <laughs> Words. Bald man, bald man, bald yeah. man, mystery. We yeah. have no idea what's happening, other no, than tripping. yeah, other than everybody thinks Kevin's crazy at work. He's, Which they flipped it again with the bagel because oh. that made us know he was crazy. Mm-hmm. He beat up the bagel machine, goes in with the drill, and I'm like, yo, crazy now. Tipping point, bagels in there. But did you think he was crazy? Because the mayor even saw him put the bagel in. Like, she would have been like, what are you doing? You know? But it's like, we keep seeing stuff. We don't know what's actually happening mm-hmm. or dreams. See, I don't, we don't know anything. It's No. But I feel like they, 
intentionally set it up that way so that you feel some of the confusion that these sure. characters that this whole world has yeah. this overarching just I don't know what to feel I don't even I'm confused but I'm also confused about if I'm confused right so, yeah. <laughs> right no it makes sense some somehow somehow <laughs> it's the the clarity in the fog yeah yeah but yeah clearly Dennis his uh, his coworker thinks that Kevin has lost it and is trying to come up with excuses for Try him. To help him out. And he yeah. Kevin sends out the the APB looking for the the mystery man's truck, and then lo and behold, it's in his driveway with yeah. a dead keys. dog in the back and the keys on the dash. <gasps> Another dead dog. Yeah. Another dead dog. So Dennis is just like, man, you just love killing dogs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. lying about it. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the mystery man then gives him the truck. So now it is permanently at his house, and he has no way, because now he has to tell his coworkers that just watch him beat up a bagel machine right. without even seeing him put the bagel in. Yeah. Then now they have to guy. say, this is my new truck that yeah. the crazy man that I shot dogs with that none of you think exists, he gave it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man. All right, Kevin. Well, her, his dad gives him advice saying, like, no, maybe you should just keep it to yourself, you know, yeah. this visitor or whatever, which is like, what? Well, like, that leads to some super revelations mm-hmm. when he goes and visit it and visits his, his dad and we see Lucy there. Mm-hmm. We find out why they're so, like, conflicting, not only because of the job, but because She's that's kind of his, his stepmom, lady friend yeah. thing. Something. So they have everybody is related. Everyone is connected. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. This is just an incestuous little town. I'm telling you, <laughs> everybody is connected. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, it's, <laughs> it's. I, I enjoyed the uh, the mayor being with pops. That was cool. That was cool. When we yeah. were watching all of us, we're like, what? <laughs> that happened five or six times, I think, throughout the episode yeah. that we yeah. all just kind of lose our minds. We're like, what is happening? Yes. Oh, it's so great. This is a great show. It's yeah. so good. And then we find out, too, you know, Lucy kind of sympathizes with Kevin, especially him kind of losing it because obviously she was in love with a man. Who lost it. Crazy. Who lost it. Who had Kevin's, I mean, everything about him. He said, how's my house? How's my job? <laughs> you in- literally inherited my life. Yeah. 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 And Kevin, and I do love that line when he's talking about Tom Okay. And he's saying he's worried about him. And then his dad says, just because he doesn't check in as often as he should doesn't mean he doesn't love you. And then gives him that stare. Like, this, that kind of lets us know this is the first time he's visited his dad, really. Yeah. Or yeah. one of the few times. Mm-hmm. And he, he backs it up by talking to that voice in his head. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, at least he's here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's the yeah. Crazy. He doesn't really come through a lot. And you can imagine it's probably really hard for him. Now, Kevin, you find out. His wife has left him, gone to the guilty remnant. Yeah. His son has left him, gone with Holy Wayne. His daughter is clearly barely hanging on by a thread. Mm -hmm. And his dad has completely lost it. He can't even be around him. Right. Because it's so painful for him to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes to find out his dad says, well, contrary to popular belief. My shit's still here. I'm, I'm not crazy. And crazy people don't think they're crazy, though. Of course. Of so, course. But that is the issue, too, because Kevin now is like, well, I don't want you to be crazy because I don't want to inherit your insanity. Sure. Yeah. I'm not trying to be running around. And I kind of feel like it's already happening. Mm-hmm. Mystery Man said, um, I thought something really, really cool. Um, he said, we're, we're doing the Lord's work. 
which kind of brings that whole spirituality into this thing because you know what, what the uh, the the producers were saying they were talking about when I was watching the behind the scenes they were saying we want it to be so intriguing these lives that you're not even thinking or focusing on the fact that 144 million people disappeared three years ago mm-hmm. and we don't ever really talk about that if you if you really we don't really think about it we're so intertwined into what's going on but um there has to be some form of spiritual aspect that they're going to really dive into mm-hmm. and I, I think we see a little bit with uh whatever goes on with father next week but it's also the first time that we we see the intro because the pilot didn't have our our intro yeah yeah and this is really when it brings in kind of those religious undertones sure sure clearly showing like a rapture because yeah. they're all being sucked into the into light the, uh-huh uh-huh yeah, and it's done in the style of the the Sistine kind of ancient Chapel. religious yeah. works. I was gonna say Vatican or something. I don't know what that is, but yeah, Sistine. Well, is, that's yeah. at the Vatican. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, I really liked that intro. I liked too that we didn't did see you? it until this intro. I did. Well, I liked that we didn't see it until this episode, right. and that they didn't lead with that. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't an odd intro. I do think it's bizarre. super eerie. Um, it, I don't like little angel babies. You know, naked angel babies. That's so, yeah. Little kids are kind of scary. It is crazy. The shining has taught us anything. Floating away and like trying to touch their parent. I'm like, oh. But I think that's what sets the whole tone when you're watching it and you hear that creepy music and you see this unsettling, like slightly moving artwork and everything about it. You're just like, ah, this show. It makes me feel so weird because I love it, but I'm also so uncomfortable. It's like, (laughs) I can't stop watching, but I I don't know why I watch, but I can't stop. Yeah. It's super religious sometimes. Like, you don't want to be like, this is kind of like, is this a metaphor for God, like angels and stuff? And it's kind of showing you like, yeah, this is supposed to be. That's what yeah. the intro. I'm so glad that this show is on HBO because mm-hmm. I feel like it could have gone very different ways if it had been on other networks. Yeah. And it could have been very preachy and very, mm-hmm. you know, almost spelling things out too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it could have also had almost too much of the the religion thrown yeah. in. And I like that this has, that is obviously a huge theme that runs throughout, but yeah. it's not the focus. It, the focus is, again, as they said, the people. Right, yeah. right. It's the not lives. even the event. It's not even people dealing with the event. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know? And really it does. It all boils down to this one family, the Garvey family. Everyone that we're seeing somehow is connected. somehow connected. Mm-hmm. Six degrees of them. separation. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Garvey. Kevin hey, Garvey. Right? Garvey. Hey, go. uh, Six degrees of Kevin Garvey. Six degrees of Kevin Garvey. I like yeah. that. Mystery Man also said another thing that I thought um, was kind of symbolic. He, he When he's standing at the front door, uh, he says to Kevin, he goes, are you inviting me in? Or aren't you going to invite me in? And uh, if he is a figment of his imagination, I'm like, okay, so he's saying, are we going to go here? Are we going to engage into this crazy? You know, are you ready for this? Bring me on in. And Kevin doesn't, which I thought was kind of, you know, symbolic of him not yet crossing over or giving in to that whole crazy. Yeah. 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 But now, after the talk with his dad, what do you... I mean, I feel like now he's thinking, hey... I mean, it's weird that his dad stopped and was like, they they say they're sending someone mm-hmm. to help you. Or who... Did they... You met someone. They sent someone to yeah. help you. Yeah. Crazy. That would bug you out. 
I, yeah. I, I feel out. like, I yeah. Know. If I was Kevin at that point, I would just lose it. I would yeah. be like, all right, it's time to find an island. Like, let's just pretend like everyone's gone because <laughs> I can't deal with everyone anymore. Or you just break down crying like, daddy, it's, it's happening to me too, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you've been, at, you've been crying in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Of course he has. I would be. I'd be crying every oh, day. Oh, what's that actor's name? I loved him in Training Day. Uh, who plays the dad? I got. I got to look up his name. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. All the actors on this show are so good. Well casted. It's so good, and I love that um, because I did see a, a behind the scenes thing where they were saying they don't fully know. They're only given you oh, know yeah. the script at a time, so a lot of the actors don't even know sure. what's happening, where the show is going. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's so fresh. It makes everything you do kind of like in the moment, mm-hmm. you know? You don't know what's Which happening. Which is great because Kevin's not supposed to know what's going to happen to him, you know? So it's really making him act on his toes, like act sure. like it's really happening. Kind Sure, of. sure. Especially yeah. with a show like this where it's, you know, the, the emotion, the sentiment that you get, the overarching, yeah. just lost and helplessness. If they knew what was going on, I don't think it would... It would come across as yeah. No, I agree. Engaging as it does, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, Kevin's I also kind of slapped in the face by a uh, fiance who comes in for um, yeah. This uh, is the one way we make Meg's it finally character. come full circle. Right? Yeah. Is this episode they tie everyone in? Yep. And Kevin even meets Meg. Yeah. Who we find out has been hanging out with Lori at the compound. And we also get to find out a little bit more how the guilty remnant work. We find out she's been there for weeks, but she's still allowed to talk. She's getting her little smiley face pancakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that look that one of them kind of shoots her when she's got the pancakes because they have to go off and eat their gruel. Right, right. You know that has got to suck to watch everybody and be like, can we just have pancakes at least? Like, I'm cool with the rest of it, but like, they get pancakes. You're like, I'm not even talking. I can't eat what I want. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how much I want those pancakes. Literally. (laughs) I'm not allowed to. I would write it out, but I don't have enough paper. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. It's kind of wild. She's been there for weeks, and they're kind of piecing off all of her possessions. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like desensitizing you. To, you know, uh, yeah. your, your former life, you're kind of, it's going away slowly. They drain it out of you, which, I, you know, I thought was an interesting strategy. And you see, too, when, when Kevin comes in to talk to Ron, who has been, you know, kind of, I guess, her, her trainee, yeah. guilty remnant mentor almost. Yeah, but he's mentor. been there for a he's while, been there too, a right? Really long time. And they come in to say, we've closed your missing persons report. He has a family. Just like Lori, yeah. who loves him, who wants him there, who's been looking for him. And he just goes, yeah, I understand. And that's that. Yeah. Just the write-off. And Kevin's job, having to relive that, that mm-hmm. he had to live with his own wife mm-hmm. over and over and over. And having that be your job right? to go like- and see these people. Yeah. I feel like he chooses that, though, because the mayor kind of asks him, hey, were you there today? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I got to do it. He He's a chief. He could easily assign it to somebody else. Sure. But I feel like he just does it. Maybe because he wants to see Lori again. Of or course maybe- he does. Yes. yes. Of course. Of course he of does. Of course. We even see him staring at that picture of her. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he wants Lori back so bad. Sure. 
And sure. it's so heartbreaking. I do love that that's one thing they changed from the books to the show, was that originally in the books, he was the mayor. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, and they made him the police chief so that ah. he would be more kind of active in sure. the community and having to go and do things like that. Because Lucy, obviously, is never going to go and yeah. say, hey, we closed your missing persons report. So yeah. having him be put in those situations where yeah. he does have the opportunity Makes you feel for him more, you know, like, oh. Yeah, and it puts him on almost every scene. He can be anywhere at any time, mm-hmm. so it makes him really mobile. He's kind of the the, the nucleus of this whole thing. Oh, definitely. He really is. Yeah. Everything centers around him. I mean, yeah. each of the, the characters, Tom, Jill, Lori, are literally his family. And now with the introduction of Meg, who he, you know, even says, he's like, hey, do you need my help? She pauses, No. Well, if you ever do, here's my card. And she takes it and she keeps it. Mm-hmm. So She was on the fence. She is definitely, definitely on the fence. And then that ties it back to Lori, who when she asks her, you know, Meg obviously is having a hard time with the sure. guilty remnant. She's really not sure if she wants to do this. She's going out to the woods in the freezing cold, chopping a frozen tree. Right, right. Not just a tree, but a frozen tree. Which is, mm-hmm. it makes no with sense. an axe. Yeah, getting nothing accomplished. Can't even right. get a cigarette. Doesn't understand why this is happening. Yeah, can I at least get a cigarette? <laughs> no. And then just getting more and more frustrated with these menial, trivial tasks, wondering why why are we even doing this, asking why, why? And then her just losing it, and then just the okay, and just that buildup of the frustration back mm-hmm. to the penguin. The Everyone is getting so frustrated yeah. because they don't know what to do with their emotions, with themselves. Mm-hmm. And then having her ask Lori, do you even remember? Yeah. When you cared. Re- what, what you cared and when you cared about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, was a great moment. Yeah. I, I mean, it was it was a, a make or break, though. You know, that became the make or break. It was like um, Laurie kind of was vulnerable and shared and was like, yeah, I do remember. And the hot cop is my husband and all this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's putting all that out there. And um I think that's what what caused or helped, I would say, Meg get over that hump. On the edge, yeah. Yeah. I think that was really the the pushing point was she, because Meg comes from a similar situation. She has a good-looking person who loves her, who, you know. Loves, loves. loves, I don't really think Who she thinks loves her or who she wants to marry. I think think he did. I, I think can't maybe imagine he did what he's three going years through. ago. He's, well, just, he's frustrated, too. I mean, course. she's been putting off yeah. this wedding that for three years, which means, obviously, they were about to get married yeah. when it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her wedding guests are gone now. Right. Like, that, this is supposed to be the best day of your life. And instead, everyone's gone. Yeah, that's weird. So she clearly has a lot to deal with. And that kind of makes more sense now why they would be targeting her. Mm-hmm. She was already in a very emotionally fragile state because she has this huge life event that's now been completely overshadowed and just almost done away with by this even bigger event that's a global scale yeah. that nobody knows what to do with. Yeah. You use a great word, though. Isn't, isn't that kind of what cults and uh, and or organizations of this nature, don't mm-hmm. they usually target people who are kind of weakened because of some type of event mm-hmm. or yeah. just a little weaker mentally? Mm-hmm. And um, this is a great time for a cult uprising, literally. You can start a movement right now. 
and have 100,000 people back you. Mm -hmm. You We've seen that on multiple occasions now. I'm interested to see if there's more. I feel like there will be more like splintering kind of cult groups. We keep saying cult even though she's like, it's not a cult. But it totally is. It's It's a cult. And they mention it in the first episode that there's other cults too. But we're just focusing on these two. I want to see if any of the other ones, because we kind of see like the the, like barefoot hippie people. Yeah, with the stuff. A little bit. Yeah, but I mean, they're also... They just kind of look like the high school stoners that right, sit in right, the corner right. and don't really do anything. I'm like, that's a- not really a movement. You're right. just smoking weed. But <laughs> I'm interested to see other ones that would actually have conflict right. that would be introduced. And and I, there's just so many places they can go with this show. Mm-hmm. But then there's that question, which uh, Lori was, and, and Meg are going back and forth. And Meg's going, why, why, why? And in my mind, I'm going, yes, Why? But Why do love. you join this? Why are you a part of this? Why are you putting yourself through this? Mm-hmm. Why? And then I feel like she finally kind of gets it after having that conversation. And with I still Lori. don't. See, I think I do because okay. I don't know if I do. Again, I all these epiphanies <laughs> immediately. I think nothing. I do. I don't know. Yeah. The Boy. only reason this one is not discredited is because we went to credits afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. Next week I'll be like, oh, I was wrong. So <laughs> I, know, I, I feel you. like you see her because you know they come up and she's gone. And right. they think, okay, she's given up. But instead, she's out there chopping that stupid tree again. Uh-huh. And we see her smile and finally feel. And I think it's just release of this is just something to do. So we're not thinking. It does. I now get it. It mm-hmm. is minimalism. Let's just not think about anything. Let's yeah. not worry about anything. And then there's nothing. Let's not worry about what to eat. It's all the same. Let's not worry about what we wear. It's all the same. Like, it's fine. Like, it's just her thinking, okay, uh. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to feel anything. She's chopping yeah. that tree and she's like, I don't feel anything. And then you see that determine or that look like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. You know, like that determination of like Buddhist this type. Yeah. That it's where she's like, I'm happy, but also this, this isn't really anything better either it's just more nothing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's just that last frame i lived heather's just amazing but just yeah. watching her <laughs> face go from that smile to that look of like what is she really thinking does sure. she even know it's kind of like yeah. a freedom in just letting go of i don't know any thoughts any possessions any anything mm-hmm. you Which know we're seeing kind of the opposite i feel like her juxtaposed against Tom who's just harboring all of that and is just holding sure. all of the emotion that he can and, yeah. and just swallowing it to kind of show like oh I can I can stomach this I can take this I'm still strong this hasn't broken me yeah. whereas Meg's just like I want anything to take away my pain yeah. to make me not feel this way and having it bookended that way yeah, I thought was just brilliant on the, on the writer's part and really mm-hmm. showing you okay everybody is frustrated but everybody's dealing with it so differently. differently. Yeah, it's so wild though. Instead of a cult, instead of joining something for the rest of your life and dedicating your life and being committed to this weird situation, it everybody needs like um like a therapy session that they can just cry, let everything out. You know, like. The bad cry, like the snotty nose, yeah. you know, like. But the therapists you know, don't really care. Like you could tell, right. Kevin's a, therapist was a terrible therapist. Forgot yeah. his wife's name. Yeah, you know, Lauren, Lauren. I'm sorry, Lori. Whoever, whoever. Yeah. The, the penguins Man. there because kids are next. Whatever. I mean, that, I think they're just all burnt out. The therapists because everybody—that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody is going to therapy. So yeah. this and is. 
It's such a global thing. They're dealing with it, too. Yeah. You don't know. That guy's wife could have disappeared, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a capitalist, man. I'm thinking about how I would start an awesome, like, uh, I don't know. what, what, What are those movements when you go to, like, Joshua Tree or something, and we do, like, a campfire out there and make you do some crazy stuff and eat some worms or something. And cult leader? You want to be a cult leader? Yeah. Like I, d- I don't even want to leave the cult. I want you to stay in my cult. I just want you to pay me a nominal fee, come for the weekend, leave free. Are there marshmallows involved? Absolutely. You said camping. Cam- All right. But you got to eat something Kool-Aid weird. Kool-Aid involved and should yeah. we not drink it? <laughs> the only Kool-Aid is at, uh, uh, what's his name's house? Wayne. Holy Wayne. Holy Wayne Kool-Aid. <laughs> Oh, see, check it out, leftovers. We just got you some branding right there. Holy, Holy Wayne Kool Aid. I'd buy it. Man, it had to be the black dude had Kool Aid. Man, dang, Wayne. I think the guilty dang. remnant does. The guilty too. remnant, I yeah. think. But they wouldn't even have the Kool Aid because they'd be like, Kool Aid okay. tastes too good. We have to take all the flavor. No color. Just no water. color. No color. <laughs> just I think they actually do nothing. eat things with no color, though. They do. It's just bland. It was like oatmeal and just oatmeal, oatmeal. and water, right? And yeah. cigarettes. Cigarettes, jeez. That is, I just can't. I would have the opposite cold. I would be like, hey, if the world's going to end, let's all party. For real. Yeah. Yeah. If they didn't take us, man, we messed it up already. (laughs) What can you do? We blew it, so now let's just hang out. That's good. That's what the teenagers are kind of doing, though. Yeah, I don't know if my cold would be that extreme. Yeah. No burns. We're no. just talking about our cults at this point. I was, <laughs> last episode, I was talking about that app where uh, they were playing Spin the Phone. Oh, man. That is Crazy. insane. Yo, where is that? I've never seen that, though. I That's mean, I, was, I don't want to use that. Yeah. But it it was, probably is an app now. I'm sure. And there are probably there's probably some high school where they're like, we all watch The Leftovers. It's acceptable now. Spin the phone <laughs> and get into some naughty business. No. Oh, kids. You oh, kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> so what we got? We want, we want to do some... You know, I think we should check out some news and gossip. Sure. What do you guys think? Sure. After Buzz TV News. So I've got some stuff. Um, Liv Tyler, she was... She's on the cover of Glamour Magazine's July issue. She talks about a lot of stuff like uh, getting older, extended family, all that, you know, typical girly... Well, I guess magazine stuff um but she also uh, talks about transitioning from movies to television and she actually says it's a bit trickier than she anticipated like in the movie she knows the beginning middle and and end but this uh, and she knows your schedule you know your schedule and everything but this you're getting to know know your character as time goes by as you said like and uh you never know when you're going to be working as she she's going through this metamorphosis and it's it's hard to like to, she, because she's so used to planning, she she's a control freak, so it's hard to like get used to. She has to take it day by day, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, welcome to you know acting. It's <laughs> <laughs> lives great. Liv I'm just can kidding. do it. Oh, I yeah. feel like if anybody she's can do, awesome. it. I mean, she's she's doing a great job. She's yeah. doing a great job. I think it's uh, especially this show though. It's hard to like the character growing day by day it's oh, like yeah. you don't need, it's not a typical show it's like you gotta what? buy in for the season when you when you sign up to be on this show yeah you're just in you know gotta shut down life and stay focused on it see what's happening next yeah they all made great choices it's a great show yeah. i feel like it's gonna keep going strong for right. quite some time so what do you guys where do you think it's heading let's let's check out some, some wait wait d- I've got oh, some. oh i'm oh, sorry one, one more, more. Yeah. hit us uh and tom per- parada uh one of the creators of the sh- of the show he actually wrote the book 
Um, he actually, fun fact, he wrote Election and Little Children too, and this is the first one that actually is make is a is a, a series. Yeah. And they talked about why, um, like, why is this darker? You know, like, why they had to make make this darker than the book. And he said, like. Contrary to belief, people say that Hollywood's lighter and everything, but on television, the things that succeed are kind of darker, like Walking Dead is so grim. Uh, Mad Men has a tone, even though it's funny, but there's always a Mm -hmm. melancholy tone. Mm -hmm. He said... um, uh, maybe people are wouldn't be interested in going out to their house paying money to see something so dark, but they they'll sit at home and watch surprisingly dark stuff. And he tries to add humor, uh, and he laughs at the uncomfortable moments. Sure, me too. Uh, yeah. So he's just saying he's trying to add some more humor, especially with Amy, uh, who is Jill's friend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, he appreciates the humor, but there's definitely the first season they they push it to a dark extreme. Which uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're at home watching, we watch some pretty dark stuff. Yeah. So he's done his research. Good job. Yeah. That's on IndieWire, too, if you want to check the, out the whole interview. It's pretty cool. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, do you guys, where yep. do you think it's going? Some predictions? We predictions. Got and now, you're after Buzz TV. Where do I think it's going? Um, well, I mean, it, they kind of gave us a little peek in with uh, what's happening with Father. What's Father's name? Matt? Ma- so. Yeah, Matt. Matt. Father Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he seems like he's about to lose his mind, which most religious zealots do at some point. Because it, it teeters until it becomes <laughs> insane, you know? So I think he's, uh, I'd like to see what he's going to do as far as his insane rant. Next week. It's funny, though, too, because, you know, with religion and stuff, you always depend on it and everything. And now, like, when something religious kind of, like, the rapture like this happens, Uh oh, my God, like, everything that you depended on is, like, out the window. So it makes sense for him to go a little bit crazy, especially because he's, like, the father, you know. Sure. He's the head of the church. Why was he not taken? Why was everybody else and not him? Yeah, he's thinking about that. He's Mm -hmm. feeling that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I'm just excited to see more from him just because I'm such a big Doctor Who fan and he was my favorite doctor. So I'm excited to see him in a totally different I don't trust him around role. women because uh, 28 days later. That's all I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> We're just harboring things at this point from, yeah. other, from other stuff. Well, I'm definitely excited to see more from this show. I'm also excited to see more from you guys. Yeah. Where, where can we find you guys? Wait, I have a prediction. Too. Oh, oh get it, girl. I think Meg's in the cult. And Christine, I think she's magical. I think she's got some magic powers. Like, I think that's why um, w- Wayne, Holy Wayne, doesn't want to, like, wants huh. to keep her. Because he's so, something s- supernatural about him. I feel like something about her. And I think the bald guy's from God, or, you know, sent from God. Okay. okay. All right. It's like you know. a, an angelic helper. I mean, that he said they, like, the dad, I don't know, something's... Or maybe he's crazy. Christine, I think hmm. Christine is just a 15-year-old that is yeah, gone she's off the this. one, man. She's the one. I don't know. Well, but, sorry. She gassed up. Those are my predictions. All right. All right. All right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is fun. This was fun. I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan. Yeah, and my name's Kelly McInerney. You could find me at Holly Weirdo on Twitter and Instagram. I am Stefan, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I am more fire. Check me out. 
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 